Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 129 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. What's going on with you guys? Happy to be here. We got a lot of hockey to cover. Um, one team already well on their way to go play for the, the big bowl of soup, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to talking about the other series as well. Yeah, I'm just enjoying my uh, broke bank account after this horrible week of betting, so... Uh, you know, trying to get back on the saddle, trying to start making some really stupid wagers. That should be fun. Uh, a guy who's in the same boat as me, I'm going to toss across the screen to my other friend, Mac Vogel. What's going on? You're muted. Not anymore, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for the heads up because I was for a second. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're doing good. No, it's all good. I, uh, you know, you win some, you lose some. And uh, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about my sharp rank score right now. I'm like, I've fallen, I've fallen down and uh, I've fallen and I can't get up. I need life. <laughs> I need to push a life alert button for like my sharp rank score right now. Yeah. Have like come in, like help me up and like bring me up where I need to go. So yeah, you know, that's part of the game. You lose some. So here we go. We're. Uh, I have no idea how I'm number one. I- I'm being honest. Yeah, I that think- is kind of interesting, huh? <laughs> it-, it makes no sense to me because I've lost like probably three of my last seven, but I guess everybody's kind of like lost three of their last seven because everybody's hammering like the Oilers to somehow find a win. And I they will don't. say, Harry, it's not just you and I that were like wrong about a lot of picks this past week. Like it seems like the, the hockey gambling community is suffering yeah. right now. I've missed my last about four in these a row. Playoffs. Yeah. yeah, there's something I- about these playoffs that's like just weird. It makes me feel better when I make fun of myself about it. So it's like, oh, it's okay. So it's a coping mechanism more than anything. Okay. Um, hopefully we can get, you know, some some momentum going here this week. But we got a lot to unpack here. We got to cover the Avalanche absolutely whipping the Edmonton Oilers. And it we are going to give you – Not to cut you off, it is only going to get easier because the number of teams for us to pick from is like shrinking significantly now because <laughs> now there's going to be two in a week. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, 50 50 odds in the cup final every exactly. game, right? Yeah, yeah you lose right. some, you lose some. <laughs> Just uh, series yeah. price changes every night. You're like, oh, this night I'm going to do it, uh, New York. This night I'm going to watch do us. Uh, like our strategy, we go into the cup final. We're like, okay, let's just pick the same team every game. They have to win at least like one or two games, get swept. We lose four in a row. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's definitely how that would work. Um, but yeah, we got to recap the abs whipping the Oilers and then we got a update on the Tampa Bay lightning versus New York Rangers. We're recording this right before game four is about to start. So we'll give our predictions for that game later in the episode before we get started, you know, the drill, this episode is brought to you by brackish life. Let's take a minute to talk about brackish life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then brackish life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, brackish life. Fellas, let's get into it. Uh, Before we do, Mac, you have a wonderful question of the day. Yeah, you know, I just, earlier today, 
I was going through the notes and I was tasked as always with coming up with the question of the day. And I just, you know, I thought to myself, <laughs> is it finally time to talk about 7-Eleven Slurpees? I don't know, man. It, your brain, your fucking brain, man. I just. <laughs> I think we got to talk about them. Do you guys want to? Yes, I absolutely do. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. So let's do that now. Um, I I like them. I enjoy them, especially on a hot day, you know, like as opposed to a cold one. I, I prefer them on hot days. Um, and I like the Coca-Cola ones quite a bit. I like them when they're working better than when, you know, the yeah. red light's on. No go. No go. Don't do it. Um, you ever mixing mix? them? Yes. Yeah, you, you Yes, I like mixing them. Another thing I was going to bring up in regards to this conversation, you ever like gotten a Slurpee and then like BYOS? You know, I you knew that's where this was going. Yeah. Dumper in there and you got a little boozy slushy. Yeah, that's, I mean, you, especially the Coca Cola one. Yeah, you, you nailed like it. Just rum in there, or like some whiskey or something. Go get the Evan Williams, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels. Exactly. That's phenomenal. Um, Admiral Nelson. Oh, God. On. I got a rash from that one time, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> um, no, I've done that before. I do believe uh, it. Not a 7 Eleven, or not, yeah, not a 7 Eleven drink, but a Taco Bell Slurpee, the Baja Blast Freeze. True. Go Vodka. get some tequila and put oh, it in there. Even better. Even better. Wow, that sounds majestic. Mac, what do you like mixing? I think I'm a big uh usually there's like cherry. You put cherry and coke, little cherry exactly. coke action. That's a, a good one. Do the cherry and blue raspberry combo. like layer on top of each other. Mm-hmm. That's a good one too. Those are good. You ever just gone full chaos mode? Do a little every single one that's on there. Even mm-hmm. the one that's fresh flashing red, you're like, give me some of that, like just juice, Boom. juice, whatever, whatever's in there. Give me some of that. Underrated flavor is banana. Yeah, say. that one's pretty good. It's you good. gotta be careful with though. You gotta be careful. Sometimes you start pouring one and you're like, what the hell? This is like a diet slurpee, or it's like a yeah, zero, like a zero sugar, like pina colada or something. And you're like, if I'm getting a slurpee, why am I getting a zero sugar slurpee? Give me the yeah. diabetes right with it. Please. Exactly. Yes. There's Aspartame also like a in my face. Yeah. There's <laughs> a method to the madness. Like if you just put your cup down and start filling, you're an idiot. Like you obviously put the lid on first because you want to go all mm-hmm. the way up to the top mm-hmm. and you fill slowly and then tap it on the counter as you're going to settle it down. Yeah. Yeah. And What's interesting too is, have you ever gone into your local 7-Eleven be like, what What do you guys have on your rotating tap list? Right <laughs> like, what What do we have on draft today? And they're like, well... <laughs> they're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, well... <laughs> they just look at you and they're like, yeah. I actually don't know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question that we should all be asking our 7-Eleven. We haven't cleaned wow. that machine in six months, so we don't know. <laughs> There oh is one final thing that I think we need to talk about involving Slurpees. And it's the fact that there's nothing wrong with you drinking some of the Slurpee while you're still in the store shopping for other snacks. No, not at all. No, I agree with that. And that's kind of one of the most beautiful things about it. It can be the first thing that you do. You can go into the, your local 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee and walk around the store while enjoying the Slurpee. You could even finish the whole Slurpee before you leave the 7-Eleven. And have two I'm not going to say whether I've done that before or not. I I refuse. You did that today, didn't you? (laughs) I actually have not had a Slurpee in several weeks. And that's hopefully going to change soon. It hasn't been hot enough. But anyway... If you don't have to crack it or untwist it, it's game on to drink in the store. 
True. That's a good True. point. Yeah. If you really think about it. Um, wow. I wish we would have had this conversation and gotten Melissa's thoughts. Melissa, by the way, is today's interview. Uh, we were pleased to be joined by Melissa Cunningham. She's one of the very well-known NHL handicappers on the Twitter universe. Go give her a follow. If you don't follow her already, you'll see us tag her in most of our picks that we post. Um, she was a great interview. Penn's fan. Gotta love that, obviously. Right. Duh. Um, she's talking about, you know, the struggles going on right now in the capping world during the NHL playoffs. We know that all too well. Um, yeah, so, no cap. Yeah, no <laughs> cap. It's hard to cap right now. It really is. Um, so we're going to do our interview with her first and then talk about the series. But before we give you our chat with Melissa, I think Mac had or who has the ad read? I don't even know. There is no ad read. I don't have that one pulled up. Should I? No, you shouldn't. I fucked it up. We're going to toss it off to Melissa right now. And we are now pleased to welcome Melissa Cunningham to the Empty Betters podcast. Melissa, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm super excited to be on today with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as we were talking you know, a little bit before we started the, the show here, um, we've had some other cappers on the program talk about you know, some of their betting strategies, particularly when it comes to NHL. You yourself have a really good following on Twitter. Um, you've definitely established yourself in that space. Do you want to talk about how you got started or why you got started? Yeah. So um, it's funny because a lot of people think that I actually was a hockey player growing up and that is completely not the case. I, I was a soccer player, but my dad always kind of tried to push my sister and I into playing hockey because he was a huge hockey fan. And um, growing up in Chicago, I, I grew up watching, or I shouldn't say watching, more like listening to Blackhawks games because back then they would black out all the games and you would have to listen on the radio. And we did a lot of that growing up. And then I would say probably two, three years ago is when COVID kind of hit and in the state of Illinois, they legalized gambling and I had only been doing it just, you know, trips to out to Vegas just for fun. And then I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to start getting into hockey. So it really started with my friends who would say, Hey, what, what game can I put in my parlay or, or what game should I do for this? And I would just say, okay, pick this team or do the over or this and that. And it got to a point where I'm in so many group threads where people are like, what pick do you have for me? And what, and then it just <laughs> kind of took off. And then, um, in regards to Twitter, I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to start posting what I'm playing. And every, every time I posted more and more people would say, I like that. Or, you know, the community on Twitter is, is so strong. You meet so many other, um, cappers as well. So, just kind of started to blow up a little bit. And, um, you know, my biggest thing is, is every single bet that I do post on Twitter, I personally have money on the game. And a lot of times people will post and they, they don't. Um, so I'm always saying I'm always doing that. And then I'll always recap after a loss. If I, uh, got the game wrong, I'm going to own up to it and say, we're going to move on to the next game. And luckily the NHL season is extremely long. So we definitely have our ups and downs of betting throughout the entire season for sure. Yeah. Big emphasis on down at the moment. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a rough sledding here lately. I don't know about you. But... Oh my gosh. Playoffs is always tricky. And I always feel like the first few games I am terrible. Like the reads are so hard. And then usually towards like game three or four you're like, okay, I have more 
you know, can establish what these teams are doing and see kind of more, because obviously what the teams did head to head in regular season is going to be completely different than what they're doing in the playoffs as well. Um, but so no, I'm, I'm right there with you guys that um, <laughs> started off strong. <laughs> that stat that they always do like season, like matchup, like ahead of a playoff matchup. I'm like, that's the most meaningless stat ever because like, didn't Carolina beat New York three times this regular season or four times? Yeah, they, they did. They owned them. And I think that they, um, they owned Igor as well too. And then we all saw what happened there. And even, I mean, even round one, um, New York owns the penguins and they, they found a way, you know, to, to bring that to seven as well. So it's, it's just a, it's a clean slate. It's like a whole new strategy. And you got the teams that have more experience versus some of the teams. Um, you know, I think the flames, uh, you guys talked about a little bit, um, when you had Elio on, they just needed one more. I think they need one more season. You know, you got teams that um, are, are going to take that early exit and the next year is, is where we'll look to, to place them uh, for the future bets there. So I'm, I'm curious because back when we had our interview with Turk, he would talk about how he has like a model. Right. And he, he lives and breathes by this model and he sticks to it. And that's how he makes his picks. Do you have something similar or do you kind of go off a of feel or do you have like are you more of like a stat person? Where do you lie on that? I'm a little bit of both. I, uh, I am a huge hockey watcher. So I will literally starting at 6 PM to like midnight, I'm watching hockey and I'm flipping back and forth of which games and which teams I can study. And I'm looking at what lines are going up against what. Um, so that's kind of how I strategize in regards to what teams I'm looking at. Um, I do also look at small trends. Obviously I take a look at goalies. I think goaltending has been a huge thing in my capping in regards to uh, goals against. And then obviously if there's a backup playing um, going along that line. So I more am a total hockey viewer based my betting off of that. And then also I'll kind of go off of like the trends in the stats versus on, on that as well, just to kind of say, okay, I think this one's going to go over. And then, you know, you look at the stats and you say, look, this goaltender has been five and one to the over in the last six. And then I'll, I'll kind of blend those together as well. Um, in terms of like regular season versus playoffs, I mean, do you see a lot of difference in how you know you approach like I know in playoffs it's kind of weird because you're playing the same team you know potentially seven times in a row uh do you have like different strategies for regular versus playoffs yeah it's a completely different ball but ball game and I think with the regular season which was really surprising especially towards the end of the season is we had a lot of overs and it was one where we saw the all-star break and, and it was kind of like are these overs going to let up are we going to get back into under season and we haven't so usually same situation in the playoffs that they tend to be more of an under series and we're continuously seeing overs hitting in the playoffs, which usually my strategy is to be more of an under better in the playoffs versus over. Um, and we're just seeing, you know, lots of penalties being taken in these games, lots of power play goals. Um, I mean, even last series, the avalanche, we had a seven and a half, which that is just crazy to me that we would have a seven and a half for that entire series. So, um, I usually base everything off of experience in the playoffs. Um, you know, you look at, at guys who've been around a, a long time versus teams that um, are a little bit younger and they might need a little, a few more years experience. And that's kind of how I capped the series. Um, I was hoping that the Penguins would slide past the Rangers there. I think I'm still 
still depressed as a penguins right fan with, that that happens <laughs> right there right there with you trust me i get it it ruined my vacation so yeah yeah so but i mean the rangers have really proved me wrong because that was kind of why i, I gave them an early exit is you know they got their their precious kid line and and they are a younger team and in this is really Igor's Igor's first appearance and we saw the penguins break him and then he finally got it together right around game four and five or game five and six and seven and um so so you see a lot of that happening um but but that's typically how i'll i'll look at the two teams um from a series standpoint um if if the team that i think is going to win the series loses game one and i'll look and see if i can get them still to win the series as well um had some luck with the oilers on that against uh, when they played the flames because they did lose in round one and then got some nice value on on them as well throughout that series so really just depends on on the matchups and and how it's happening yeah going back to your point about it it's very challenging to pick you know games one two even three i found i have a lot more success just waiting until that clinching game and then just loading up on it yeah i mean whatever is going to make you profitable i think the smartest cappers out there don't force and i'm like a huge per I, every Oops. time if if i am if i am losing like say i lose like three games in a row and I'm like, Oh, and three, and I'm just ice cold. I will just take the night off and I'll just say, you know what? I need to reset. And I'll write on a sheet of paper, what I would have bet in that game. Usually it hits, which because yeah. always right. <laughs> but it's, it's my best advice is if you feel like you're not hitting and you, you want to just, you know, take a night off, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm only smiling because I'm looking at Max's face and he's just like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Harry and I learned that the hard way the last couple of weeks, which like, I mean, we've been doing this for long enough that we shouldn't have to relearn that. But sometimes you do just need that reminder of like, okay, slow it down, reset, like you said, and uh, figure out what's what. And it's hard because I think the the biggest challenge with Twitter in general is there's so many cappers out there and, and so many people who have opinions. And I think the hardest part with the playoffs is when you bet against a team, sometimes you get a lot of people who are very offended that you're betting against their team that they want to win the Stanley cup. And it's like, look, this is just my numbers. This is what I'm doing. You know, uh, it has nothing to do with fan base or whatnot. Um, but then also you'll see a lot of people on Twitter. Sometimes you'll scroll through and you'll see, you'll be like, Oh, great. The entire world is on this play with me. So it's probably going to lose. <laughs> so see, I think that, that happens. Yeah. That's like one of the things. Cause when we first started doing like our picks on Twitter, we didn't really like tag people or like follow anybody who did the same thing. We, we kind of just did our own thing. Then we started getting involved in the community and then you see all, like a thousand plays and you're like, Oh, I like that. And he's taking it. So I might take that. And that's a slippery, slippery slope. Very yeah. Slippery, or you'll be <laughs> like, Oh man, I bet this. And the, the guy who's on a hot streak bet this. And you're like, we're head to head. But the best part about the gambling community is, is everyone is just so positive amongst each other. I think amongst just different cappers, even if we're losing or we're down, I think the community is still on our, on our side and it is very, you know, get it tomorrow, you know, type of a mindset. And that's, that's what I've, you know, taken away from, from Twitter and, and posting my plays and all that too. You don't seem like you dabble with like any, like personally, I think shot on goal props are just so gimmicky. Um, but you don't seem like you dabble with that too much. You're more of just like a straight up or over under kind of person. Am I wrong in that assessment? 
Yeah. So I actually used to a ton. And um, ever since I had my son, who is now about three and a half months old, I stopped. And it was mainly because of the time constraint. I just didn't have time to to dig into uh, these player props or whatnot. Um, occasionally, I'll, I'll do like a goal scoring prop on teams that I watch a lot, like the Penguins. I think I did Gensel to score every single playoff game. Um, but typically I'm, I'm more of a side better. Um, I love to bet dogs. That's how you're really going to be profitable. Um, I, I went on like a, a huge run during the regular season where I think I won like 11 dogs in a row, um, which was amazing because that's really what's going to help your your total units, uh, unit profit and whatnot. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to bet dogs in the playoffs, but usually if you've been betting the New York Rangers, you're probably looking pretty solid this playoffs. Yeah. I have them tonight as we oh, you do about nice. game four. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win, but that's why I bet them. So, um, it's one, <laughs> it's been one of those weeks. Yeah. That's putting it mildly, but what do you think uh, of the playoffs so far? I mean, we could talk penguins in a second, but in terms of like Rangers lightning, we got the abs officially punching their ticket to the finals. What are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, I think that, so from the beginning and I, I took a future ticket on the avalanche. I thought that they were just, this, this was their time. This is the year, as long as they could get past the St. Louis blues, which they did. Um, if Bennington stayed in net, if he didn't get injured, I wonder if that was going to be different story, but um, I was really surprised that they swept the Oilers. I thought that that was going to go to at least six or seven games, but I think at the end of the day, the Oilers were just so banged up. Like even last night, you saw dry just clinching, like crying <laughs> every play. He was fighting so hard and he still did his job. Um, so, th- so that kind of surprised me. Um, Florida again, that didn't surprise me with the early exit. I think that again, that team, they just invested so much and uh, especially on player cap and, and getting Giroux and it, it obviously just um, crumbled in their face by getting swept as well. But probably my biggest surprise would have to be the New York Rangers again, just because they are a younger team, newly coached, and they just keep going down in these series and they come back and they win. I mean, they were down by two games or three games to the Penguins and took it to seven, the one three in a row. They were down to the Canes and they won game seven as well. So um, I hate to say it, but I got to give that team some credit because they definitely are fighting hard. You think so if they win against the uh, Lightning, let's say, and they move on to the cup final, what is going to have to be the price tag for you to dabble on the New York Rangers? Ooh, I would take them at home, I think. Um, I think that they've shown that they've been strong at home. Um, the road record has been a little um, slacking, but I do think, I mean, even tonight, the the line is is heavily favored towards Tampa. And I think that it is disrespecting the Rangers a little bit too. So I do see that there is great value in them tonight. Um, I think especially too, in game three, there was great value as well. It just so happened that Tampa scored with what 40 seconds left. And that was a gift for regulation betters. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, out of the teams, this regular season, did you have one that you found a ton of success with? I found a ton of success with Columbus just out of nowhere. Um, I would bet them plus one and a half a lot and found that worked for me. What about for you? Buffalo Sabres. They really came on at the end there. I think they won um, like, was it eight in a row plus one and a half. And then yeah. they were crushing the team totals over two and a half. Um, so I, you were getting a lot of those at plus money as well. So they were killing it. 
Let's ch- oh Mac, you go. I'm sorry. Well, I was just gonna say back to the potential cup final. Well, obviously Colorado's in it already. My main question is like, what do we what do we think about the whole Pavel Francois thing? And I mean, I don't know exactly what Kemper's timeline is, if there's a possibility of him returning, but let's say he's not for a second. How much do you think that will affect the line and whether or not you'll be willing to take them with Francois in that? You know, I don't think it will affect the line too much because we didn't see it get affected too, too much in regards to the Oilers. I think the Oilers were still, even when we saw them go at home, they still were underdogs, I think priced correctly. Um, I, I think Francois did good though. He, he did his job and he did his job also when they, when he stepped in for, for Nashville. Um, so even if he is going to be, be the one starting in game one, I don't think it will affect the line that much The the books tend to love Colorado anyways, as a heavy favorite. Um, I think again, if, if it's the Rangers, you're going to see massive chalk, um, which is kind of why I'm hoping that it's Tampa in regards to that. Cause I, again, hate lane chalk. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think the biggest thing is going to be um, Kadri's out. Cause I think his, he broke his thumb. So yeah. it's really, is he out the entire series? They haven't really said, or um, that that's going to be the big question mark, but I, I doubt that he's able to return as well. I don't know if you saw, but I think it was TSN that reported like, oh, he had surgery and he could be out for the rest of the postseason. And uh, Nazem actually commented on it and said, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> These uh, potential 10 days off for them could be huge. Yeah. And it it's crazy because it really backfired on the Tampa Bay Lightning. We saw in game one, they just were extremely slow. Um, and, and I think a lot of ex-hockey players will tell you that sometimes when you do go into those um, situations where you take a long rest, it's almost too long of a rest for teams. And we, we saw that happening. Um, so I'm curious if that will happen with the Avalanche, because I'd imagine this Ranger series is going to go to at least six or seven. It seems like it. Yeah. Well, it's well I guess we'll see how it goes tonight. <laughs> Our last episode, we found this stat from Sportsnet, but the last uh, seven instances where a team coming off a sweep plays a team coming off of a game seven win, the team who had the series that went to game seven and one has won the last seven. They're seven and oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if this goes seven, right, um, you know, that definitely favors whoever is playing uh, the Avalanche in the cup finals. Yeah, absolutely. So it might, I mean, regardless if it's the Rangers or regardless if it's Tampa, whoever that matchup is will definitely be in a dog spot might be great value in that first period puck line. Uh, Before we wrap up, I do want to ask you about the pens. Obviously you're a pens fan. I'm a pens fan. So we don't need to talk about the postseason because who cares? Um, So going in the next season, we obviously have some big names that are pending free agents. What would you like to see the team do? I would love if they signed Raquel. I think that he proved himself and I think that he would have been an extreme game changer if he wasn't knocked out in game one, which was unfortunate. Um, with them signing Russ, though, the dream line of having Gensel Crosby and him on, on the first line probably won't happen. Um, but I do think that he he did prove himself and I'd love to see him. Um, it surprises me yet that they haven't signed Malkin. It's like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. But I think 
I mean, you can, you can't, I, I can see them saying, getting rid of one of them, whether it's um, Latang or, or Malkin. I won't be surprised if the three are separated, but I think we will still get Malkin or Crosby or Latang and Crosby, one of the two. If you had to pick two of the three to keep and you get rid of one, who would it be? Latang, I'd get rid of. Ooh, see, I'm in a little bit of disagreement. I, it, and I love, I love Gino. <laughs> like Gino is my guy. Like I, I like in his prime, there were instances where I thought he was like better than Sid, but like now I just, he was still a point per game. So I'm, I, I you can't argue the numbers. He just looks sluggish. Like it, yeah. it's just not moving. And Latang just is a motor. I mean, he's stupid sometimes. Don't get me wrong, but he, he can just motor and he's in such great shape. I don't know. Yeah, and I do think that Malkin should have stepped up a little bit more when Sid did go down and he was on that and he was moved up to that first line. Um Latang just sometimes just makes so many foolish mistakes that it just drives me insane half the time. Oh, my, it, my, I watch <laughs> Where I'm like, game. why did you step so you stepped way too far in? And then it's yeah. like then you're rushing back. Um, but I mean, we've, threw a we've had our up glory days game six and overtime in 2018, you know, yeah, happened. I was going to say definitely not in like a game <laughs> six of like, you know, a crucial overtime or anything like that. Yeah. It's okay. Oh we're yeah. We don't need to be, we don't need to be reminded. We could, we, we could definitely clap back, but we'll be polite here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting off season. I've read a report today that said that they've been in talks with the team since the season ended. They think they're both going to come back. I'm like, well, I don't know how this is going down. Like yeah. someone's, someone's going to have to take less. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. And I did hear, it's funny. Cause I, I heard a rumor, this was actually last season and, and someone was like, Oh, did you hear Malkin's going to Florida and the penguins are getting Bobrowski. And I was like, no, yeah, that is I, like the worst trade ever. And this guy, like he, he's pretty well-known like reporter. And I'm like, no, and it, I was just like waiting for the dagger to happen. Of course, it didn't. But like the Penguins do obviously need a goalie, um, which they they probably should kind of look a little bit more um, into mm-hmm. that. But stick with your vets. I think it's just hard to say goodbye to those three, you know, because they've done so much for us. Well, yeah, it feels like we got our hands tied because you know if you get rid of them, you're getting someone who's not as good right now. And I don't think Sid's signing up to rebuild at the age of 35 coming up yeah. in August, right? He wants it now, so let's you just kind of have to throw throw the throw it all out there and see what happens. It might not be the best team in the league, but you gotta at least try. I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm excited to see. I mean, the 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 craziest part about NHL season is the season so long. And when it ends, the off season's so short, and then you're like, "All right, we're back at it again." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, um, that's all we really got for you. I mean, if you have any questions for us, go ahead. But other than that, I think we're we're all good, and we appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Yeah, let me let me know. Could you hear him or no? He's my son. A, a little, little bit. A little, a little bit more towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's. he just literally needs his pacifier in his mouth which i'll go give him but let me know like are are you able to fix the audio so it's not like it wasn't bad okay yeah okay it it was fine okay yeah awesome well thanks so much for having me you guys that was so nice of you to put me on and those this will be out tomorrow then you think or yeah it should be yeah it'll be up tomorrow Okay, sweet. Well, thank you, and good luck on your Rangers bet. I'm on the under, so we'll see. 
what happens. Probably, I never. I'll probably lose. It's okay. <laughs> you know what? If you lose, then you're like, screw the Rangers because we hate them anyways, right? Well said. <laughs> exactly. I think we can it's all agree nicely hedged. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. You. Appreciate it. I'm sorry about my son being fussy. Not a okay. Have a good one. All right. Bye. bye. Big thanks to Melissa for hopping on with us. That was a ton of fun to chat with her. Always good to get a quick little, you know, sharp on the pod to come on, talk about some gambling and just uh, get everyone up here ready to go for the cup final. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she was obviously gave some great insight. Probably explaining why we're losing so much because we talked about impulse betting and trying to not force it. And I have been forcing everything lately. So I'm trying to be a little better about it. Yeah. Got to let it flow naturally. And uh, that was a nice reminder from her to not force it. Good stuff. Definitely. And while you guys are recovering from the bad beats this week, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be recovering because they are off right now. But you know what would help them recover even better is some help from our friends over at Kane Footwear. So before we move on, let's take a second to talk about some rest and recovery from Kane Footwear. Uh, They are changing the game by providing a unique shoe focused on recovery while being made from sustainable materials. The Kane Revive sneaker is made with bounce back foam created from Brazilian sugarcane. A renewable resource, sugarcane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. Kane's unique bounce back foam provides the ideal balance of cushion and support to help the body renew. Don't wait. Head to the link in our bio today to grab a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. I wore mine to work today. Again, once again, everyone was asking me where I got them. I think like three more orders were placed. So shout out to Kane Footwear for making some of the best shoes in the business. Honestly, I say it every episode. I love these things so much. I would lick the soles of these if I didn't just play roller in them yesterday, but I did. So I'm not going to do that, but they're the best shoes I've ever owned. I was wearing mine all all day today. And you know when you're walking down the street and you pass like a storefront that has like mirrored windows and you can't help but just like check out your outfit, make sure you look okay. Mm -hmm. Every time I passed one, I'm looking and I'm like, ooh, who is that guy in the canes right now, man? Those shoes, like they're just fire. When you put them on in the morning, do you call them McCain's? (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny. A lot of people at uh, the place where I work have asked me like, oh, like, what are what are those? You know, not like mm-hmm. that, but they're actually like, what are those? Because I want some. And I'm always like, or they're like, are those Crocs or like Yeezys or whatever? I get right. that a lot, too. And I'm like, no, they're Canes. And I cannot tell you how many times people are like, oh, like, you have a good little hashtag idea, Cane Gang. I think we should get that rolling. Cane gang, baby. We're uh, I'm in the process of, I mentioned it before, still in the process of trying to turn this uh, three bedroom apartment into a full cane household, two thirds of the way there. So who's holding out? Uh, Alex, actually, I just, I, I, to be fair, I haven't really like pushed it on him very much. He's, oh, okay. he's seen me wearing them, but I haven't like sat him down and like given him the ultimatum of like, <laughs> yeah, he should money. know. Yeah, he should definitely yeah. know. Well, I like that. Um, all right. Let's hop into the Avs versus the Oilers, or lack thereof, rather. Uh, since we last spoke, four games happened, and there were four wins. Uh, the Avalanche sweep the Edmonton Oilers. The Avs are now the fourth team in NHL history with multiple series sweeps before entering the Cup Finals. The other three teams who did it were the 03 Ducks, the 92 Hawks, and the 69 Blues. Fun fact, none of them won the Stanley Cup. Just Interesting. That was worth 
just thought that was worth mentioning. <clears throat> All right. So game one. Uh, yeah, basically like a college football t- game. Like it was like 52 to 47 to put it in football terms. Um, we had an eight, six finish. It was seven to four after the second freaking period. It was an all out shootout. I think we all thought that this was going to be the way the series was going to be the rest of the way. Um, the over under was set at seven and we smashed that in the second period. Colorado wins eight, six. I don't really know what more to say. Other than that, I'm probably going to say that for the next three games that I recap. Uh, game two, Avs win 4-0. You're stupid if you bet the Oilers. We did. Uh, game three, the Avs win 4-2. You're really stupid if you bet the Oilers. We did. And then game four, the Avalanche wins 6-5 in overtime. We'll talk about the controversial, quote-unquote, high-stick goal in OT in a second. I want to give Kale McCarr some praise. He had five points. In a series clinching game, he's the first defenseman in NHL history to score five points in a playoff clinching game. And he is now third among active skaters in points. He only trails Mika and Adam Fox. Boys, what are your thoughts on the series? And then we'll talk about the game four overtime in a little bit. I think I fucking hate the Edmonton Oilers. Like they are the most disappointing hockey team I have watched all postseason. And that includes the team who's on my shirt. But um just going from this they look so good against Calgary and for some reason it took them seven games to beat LA and then there's all this hype around them and they don't win a single fucking game against the Colorado Avalanche who were starting their backup yeah it's like it's so bad and I know we talked um you know, here's a great example of, uh, you know, flipping the script. We talked a couple episodes ago about Nazem Kadri and how effective he's been and, um, you know, how he really can't fuck up and get suspended. Look at what Evander Kane does. He hits him. And because of that, he gets suspended, misses a crucial game, and then the Oilers go home. So I don't know. It's just, it's really disappointing to watch. I just, uh, Mike Smith looked okay last night, but, you know, the Edmonton was up three to one. They had him and they gave it away. Yeah, I mean, I echo most of what Nick said. Also, yeah, Vander Kane, imagine being somebody that gets suspended for one game. You're like, ah, it's only one game. And then you're like, oh, cool. My next game's not until October. Good for me. That's, uh, that's, I don't know who it's going to be for. uh, Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're, they're a frustrating hockey team. I, I actually cannot imagine right now what it feels like to be like a genuine, like diehard Oilers fan you're probably frustrated beyond belief. And I certainly would be too. Cause it's one thing to like lose in the third round, but it's another to like have gone seven games. And then you went five games against like an even better team. And you're like, right. oh, okay, we're unstoppable. And then you just don't win another game after that. It's, it's weird. And I saw a good tweet. I can't remember who it was by, but it was like, I'm very interested to see how the Edmonton Oilers react to this loss. And I echo that because I could see it going on either end of the spectrum, right? Like there's the, okay, we made the deepest postseason run we've made with McDavid and our team. Uh, There's some things that you can hang your hat on here. We crushed a really good flames team. That's like our biggest rival did it in the second round. That's huge. Lost to a very good team. Avalanche are good team, whether or not you got swept, Whatever you made one of your best players is playing on one leg. So yeah, Yeah, that adds up. Whatever. There's a lot of things you can hang your hat on. So maybe they do that. Maybe they say, you know, good season, not the outcome we wanted, run it back again next year, right? 
or they could freak out about it. And I think they'd sort of be justified in doing so there as well. It's like, yeah, they made it to the conference final, but it's no better than a loss in the first round, really. I mean, you just, you didn't make it and you only won, what, eight games. You got halfway there. You didn't even win nine games. You didn't get more than halfway there. Like, it's just, there's a lot of things that you could also be really upset about and say, fuck it, we're blowing it up. We're trading all the pieces, whatever. I don't think they'll do that. No. But I wouldn't be totally shocked if they did. You know, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm livid. I mean, I, I see all these people in typical, like, you know, Canada fashion trying to be positive and upbeat, like, oh, Jay Woodcroft took over halfway through the year, and, oh, we made it to the third round and lost to a really good ass team. Dude, you're in year seven of McDavid's career. You've never won more than eight postseason games. That's a problem. That's a, I don't care if it was to the Avalanche, the 98 Wings, or – you know the 2019 lightning i don't care who you fucking played you're in year seven that just ended of mcdavid's career and you've never won more than eight postseason games that's a problem i'm sorry like you know let's be honest he single-handedly won you a decent amount of those games definitely in that flame series big time yeah and the problem is this isn't a team where you're like ooh, they're the they're up and coming like their time's coming it's like no dude you Your have so much of... talent that if yeah, you you're... don't restructure and do something, you're not going to be able to afford other players, period. Yeah, like your time is now. McDavid's 25. I mean, he's supposed to be winning cups right about now between what, like 25 and 29? Ideally, that's when you're going to do it. Well, there's just the whole goalie thing, right? Because it's like, you know, I was rooting for Mike Smith. As much as I like to kind of make fun of him and stuff, he, it's low-hanging fruit. It's funny. He's an old goalie. He likes to play the puck. There's a lot of funny things that you can talk about. But I was rooting for the guy. It was an awesome story through the first two rounds of the series. But the bottom line is, and this hasn't changed in the past, like, six years for the Edmonton Oilers, they don't have a fucking goalie that they can rely on in the playoffs. Like, And that's no disrespect to Mike Smith, but – I'm sorry, you cannot rely on a guy that's like 41 or 42. That was too much to, like, he could be the backup. He could jump in if your guy, like, had a bad game or something. You could Or got COVID or something. Yeah, or gets, uh, you know, a minor injury or whatever. Like, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of upside to Mike Smith. We talked about his offensive upside before. There's a lot of upside there. But he's not the guy. He's not that dude. That's going to help you win a fucking Stanley cup. And like the fact that they didn't do anything about that Miko Koskinen also, it seems like they had like been telling themselves for years. They're like, this guy's going to work out. He's going to get work out. And then he didn't even see a fucking game in the playoffs this year because they're like this guy, they know they're like, this guy is nothing like cannot help us even less so than a 42 year old or whatever the hell Mike Smith is. So I wouldn't the be Edmonton surprised Oilers, if, Go get a goddamn goalie this offseason. I know that's like the mission of like every other NHL team right now, but figure it out. That's the problem. Clearly, that is the problem. They still have their first round pick. There's no chance that I would be keeping that if I was Ken Holland right now. I mean, you got you you gotta go for win now. I I I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah, you've got McDavid inked up for a while. Yeah, he's only 25, but like you haven't really made that much noise since you got him. And I don't Second really playoff see birth, right? Uh, I don't, however they count the COVID bubble. I don't know, but they, so two, maybe the, three. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just unacceptable to be honest with you. And Max said it all year long and I disputed it, but it finally came true. Where was everybody else? They had dry side on one leg and McDavid. And I mean, Zach Hyman credit to him. He was the other guy, but if you weren't named one of those three guys, you didn't do it. Yeah. But like, but got suspended. Right. Yeah. And ended up still being part of the problem in the end. Well, and give Kane credit too. I guess I forgot him, but he was a mid season acquisition. When Max said all that, he wasn't on the team yet. So I'm not going to hold Mac accountable to that, but like, yeah, he ended up doing something in typical Evander Kane fashion. He did something stupid. Right. And he couldn't play for his team in an elimination game. So Enough shitting on the Oilers. I've done that enough in my career here at Empty I'm going to say one more thing. Um, Mac, you make a great point about the goaltending. I think just as important as that, it seems like that in two-thirds of the games they did play in this postseason, immediately after they scored, they would give up either a softy or just like a, a goal that would just suck the life out of the building if they were at home, and it would just really kill them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me – says maybe coaching problem or even like defense problem, which we know they have their issues on defense too, but. Yeah. That game too was suffocating from an Edmonton fan standpoint, from an Edmonton player standpoint. And most of all, from an Edmonton betting standpoint, dude, I was pulling my fucking hair out betting that game. I can't believe I bet the Oilers. That was the most frustrating loss I've ever experienced since we started doing this podcast was that game two game. I was shocked. I I, I would have expected a little bit better. It was insane. It was like Colorado was like, Oh, you think that game one was close. Okay. Try this one on for size. We're just going to abuse you for 60 minutes of hockey. Yeah. So now let's talk about the abs. I mean, do you think anybody can beat them? I'm going to let Kadri, Nick go first. Kadri's out. Frank, we don't know about Kemper yet. We just talked about this in the Melissa interview. Nick, what do you think? I'm like, I'm game four is getting ready to start here. And I'm thinking about this over and over in my head on my drive home from work today. And for some reason, I just feel that Tampa matches up with them so much better than New York does. I think Tampa is seasoned a little bit more than Colorado, which would give them a, you know, a step up over the abs. Uh, the goaltending is obviously better. Uh, you know, I think some pieces on D are playing a lot better. Uh, obviously not when you have Kale McCarr, but, um, you know, just guys like Ryan McDonough that can just eat it up and shut it down. I think, uh, you know, give Tampa a little bit of an edge. Now, Colorado did do a great job this off season that Josh Manson signing is looking like an absolute home run right now. But, uh, yeah, if I had to pick one of the two, I would say Tampa would give them a, a better run for their money. I definitely agree with that. I mean, also, I just have this feeling where if Tampa gets to the cup final, it's like no way they lose, right? Like they're, they're that close to the three-peat. No fucking way. Here's the other problem I have with Colorado, and I, I've, I've had my issues with them all year, and I'm willing to eat my words because clearly they got this far. They're a good team. I thought that they were probably going to be like a second-round exit this postseason, and I will be the first to admit I was wrong. But here's my problem that I still have they have not really faced any adversity this postseason. I mean, the closest they came to it was with St. Louis, and it was like, yeah, they they had to work in that series. But other than that, two sweeps, it's been too easy for them. And I know they've had some problems. Obviously, you could argue some of the cadre stuff. They face a little adversity there. Um, 
with losing their goaltender Kemper, you know, that's some adversity, but they haven't really had to suffer that much from like any of the adversity. They haven't like been down. Have they, have they trailed in a series? No, they must've trailed so. at some point against St. Louis. No, I don't th- I think they, they lose game, game one. one. I thought they won it. I thought they won game one. Yeah. I, that does scare me a little bit too. Either way. Like what, like what if they're again, not battle they tested? Swept. Right. They swept this round, right? They're sitting around. What if this other game, other series goes seven? Very possible, in my opinion. Uh, And, you know, let's just say that the Lightning win in game seven against the Rangers. Can you honestly tell me that you think that Tampa Bay is going to lose game one after winning a game seven and the fucking avalanche have been off for all that time? To me, I think Tampa would take game one, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, you're the avalanche. You're like, what the hell? We're down now against a team that just won two Stanley Cups. Oh, shit, we just lost again. Now it's 2 nothing. Like, I don't know. I just – I have a really hard time seeing this work out for the avalanche. I want it to because I fucking hate the New York Rangers, and I don't really have any interest in watching the Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> win for a third straight year. So – I hope I'm wrong. Avs fans, if you're listening, I love your team. They're awesome. They're fun. I hope you guys win, but we I'm would scared. love to see I'm what you scared. animals would do for a Stanley Cup parade. That would be... Can you imagine a, a city, Denver, wins the fucking national championship for college and the Stanley Cup in the same year? Big Absolutely. hockey year for you guys. I they, hope it happens. But... They would just drag like 60 pounds of pot into a town square and hit it with a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big time. I, I don't know. The, the one thing about Colorado that keeps me coming back, they're like Tampa before Tampa was Tampa, right? Before Tampa went back to backs, everybody would be like, oh, Tampa Bay, right? They're, they're, they're going to do it. And then they get swept by fucking Columbus or they get beat in the third round by the Penguins or they get beat in the third round by the Capitals, right? It's just, it's that like, when are they due? The abs have paid their dues, right? They they've, They've suffered, right? And it's that core. You're not wrong. Done it too. You're not That's, wrong. But I will agree, them not trailing in a series does. I don't want to say it concerns me, but like, it's like, mm. and now the they don't have Kadri. Think of where like that worked out was. Didn't the LA Kings when they were like a fucking eight seed? Didn't they sweep like two, like three of four? The Canucks, series? the Sharks, and someone else, I think, right? It, the other series was like against the Devils for the Cup final, and they won in five. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Like there, sometimes you can just win and not lose and that's fine, but it's rare. And I just, I just don't know. In hockey, you sometimes win games and I will say, times you lose if, games. If I was a Colorado Avalanche <laughs> fan, here's exactly what I would want to happen. I would want the Rangers to win tonight and then win the next game and win in five. And I get the Rangers and it happened quick. And I had like five days yep. off enough yep. to like rest, but not so long that it was like, yeah. Holy shit. When are we going to play another hockey game again? Yeah. I think if you're an Avs fan, you want Rangers in five. You want that series over with as quick as possible. You and, want them now. And you want nothing to do with Tampa Bay. I agree with Nick. That team matches up against Colorado way better than the Rangers do, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's not I, even, I agree. It's not even that I don't think the Rangers could put up a fight. They definitely have the offensive talent to, and their key players like Kreider and Zibanejad are playing that well right now. I think it's just I trust Colorado's defense to be able to handle those guys a lot more than I do handling Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's the defense, man. It, it's that McCarr and Taves tandem is fucking That's unbelievable. The best, it has to be the best pairing in the NHL now. Yeah, it, 
Definitely is. And that's, that's the thing, you know, like a lot of people listening are probably like, why would you, you got Kadri hurt. You got Kemper hurt. Don't you want the time off? No, listen to the stat. We just told Melissa, the teams who go to game seven always end up beating the teams who come off a sweep. It happens every time. So you don't want that. Um, I do want to give what, before we move on to the East uh, shout out to JT comfort. What a gamer, dude. This guy has five goals in his last five games and he's playing like a goddamn mutant. Uh, and then Arturi Lekkinen. I mean, back-to-back years of sending his team from the third round of the Stanley cup final with an OT winning goal. I believe and- I called this. If I'm not mistaken, when this deal was made, I said, this guy was going to score some massive overtime goal. Like he did for the Habs. Well, on the, his teammates had a lot of really good things to say about him afterwards too. I don't know if you guys saw the interview I'm referencing right now, but uh, certain- I did not wait. What happened? A certain somebody said that what they'd give up like seven first round picks for him right now or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> That's the, the McKinnon one was great. He was like, yeah, it was great. Arturi had an open net and decided to hit the post and scare the shit out of me. So yeah, that's the one I'm talking about after yeah. that. He was like, but yeah, I mean, the guy's amazing. That's why you trade for people like that. The deadline. I think if it were me right now and I had to go back, I'd give up like seven first rounders for him. Like can't do Nate Mac is a fucking psychopath. He's like, a, can't he's underestimate the value. Psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I think he would actually like you know those people that are like I would punch my grandma to win the Stanley Cup like he yeah. he's already punched his grandma he's yeah. like just in case that was a prerequisite. <laughs> oh my god he's the dude who like like you you're gonna tell me you're gonna bet against Nathan McKinnon in a cup final like he's just gotta win four that dude's a tiger like, well he scored last night he just went yep okay my fucking turn and just boom back of the net I hope I'm psycho. wrong I want them to win so bad me too It'd be so I- cool I will say that no matter who wins out of the East, I'm all in on Colorado to win the cup now because I think they absolutely deserve it. I mean, they've had so many hard years leading up to this with injuries and then the wacky shit with Dallas. What was that last year? It's just weird. But also, does this not feel a little too similar to the fucking like predators or like the sharks making it to the cup final and you're like oh my god cool we're gonna finally get like a fun team that wins the stanley cup this year and then the penguins are just like no we're gonna win again by the way colorado (laughs) fans online i don't know why you're complaining about having to wait a while for a stanley cup because i I watched you win too so oh yeah They, they act like they haven't won a cup since they got the least feel like that's a real yeah. yeah it is kind of stupid but um thoughts on the overtime goal I, know, I don't know who tweeted it from our account but what do you guys must have had a thought on it i saw the um the breakdown afterwards you know them talking about you know whereas if it was just a shot on goal the height is measured by the crossbar but because it's a save and a rebound it's now measured by the goaltender's shoulders i believe if i'm not mistaken uh- I just oh, heard Coho say, holy shit. And that, that was, it, so, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I That's, didn't know that rule. Yeah. I did not I either. Um, I thought I've it was been, crossbar. I've been going off the crossbar my entire life. It explains yeah. why I probably put a couple holes in some drywall, but um, I mean, like it's, it's a controversial goal. It's exactly what happened with Calgary. I think that one had a lot more people um, that were, up in arms about that I one. I still don't like that one, but yeah, I don't either. And I think oh. the, it's, the explanation is just chintzy, but this one, I was like, this is a goal. I, I think I'm good with this one. I can, I didn't have it. an issue with it either. I thought it was fine. I mean, they showed the replay a bunch of times I was watching with some friends and I said, I was like, they don't watch hockey a lot. And they were like, what's the deal. And I was like, it's crossbar. Like, it, do you think that his stick is higher than the crossbar? And they were all like, no, it's fine. And to say it, like, I mean, we say this every time there's a goal call, there just wasn't enough to overturn it. Yeah. Yeah. With no, it. it was good. 
that wraps up our Western Conference final recap, and we are going to move on to the East. But before we do, now I think Mac has a word for our listeners. Sure do. Just wanted to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sport rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And without further ado, now let's dissect the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers series, a much closer series so far. We mentioned we are recording this on Tuesday, June 7th, so we do not know what is going to happen in this uh, very, 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 very crucial game four yet. Uh, But yeah, let's get some thoughts on the first three games so far, gents. Sure. Um, let's recap it real quick. We got the Rangers up 2-1. Game one, the Rangers win 6-2. They dominated. Tampa looked like they hadn't played in like two weeks, which they hadn't. So that would probably explain why. Uh, Philip Hedl stays red hot and has two goals in that game. And that was probably the worst playoff game I've seen Vasilevsky play since getting swept by Columbus. So um, not a good showing for the Bolts. Then we move on to game two. Uh, only idiots would bet the lightning in this game, right? They were 19 and 0 after a loss. And that was a smart like okay, we had to take that. No, 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 no. It didn't hit because we took it. That's, yeah. that's exactly yeah. the but like there was no way we were going into that game not betting that. Like the whole world bet bet Tampa. Harry, this is why I'm not mad because a lot of the bets that we lost last week were smart bets. Like I wouldn't do it differently. I know. I, know. I, I, I think I'm a f I think I'm gonna be that dude who's like, oh fade the public, who like you know that one guy who's always like <laughs> yeah. in his in his basement just hammering yeah. away on the, the public. You yeah. should make a fucking shirt that just says fade. <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy now because uh, what I've learned this postseason is when you ride with other people, it sucks. Like it you just feel like you've been catfished or something. It's like yeah, it's annoying. Anyways, the Rangers won game two, three to two. We lost that bet. The whole world lost that bet. They snapped the 19 to 0 streak following a loss for the Lightning. I can't say enough good things about Mika Zibanejad. He has been red hot. He was so dead in the first four games against Pittsburgh and he has done nothing but light it up ever since um, Adam Fox as well. He looks like he's otherworldly. He's second in the NHL among active players and points. He had two apples that game. And then Keandre Miller. Can we talk about this guy for a second? He is a man amongst boys at the ripe age of 22. His, like, dude, his wingspan, like when he extends his arms to like swipe at a puck, he covers like an entire face-off circle. It's crazy. Makes me me feel normal. I have ridiculously <laughs> abnormously long arms, so it's good to not be the only like freak out there. Yeah, um, he he's nuts, man. He's playing really really good hockey. And this is, I think, it's a great development story for this player because he was the one that got, I think, not his fault at all, and very unnecessarily so. A lot of the heat in that qualifying series they played against Carolina, where they got spanked. What was it like? two games or something like that. Yeah. Whatever the series was Three games then. or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so clearly, I mean, the, he's taken the time coming out of Wisconsin to grow and mature. And it's, I mean, it's just great to see. And I mean, Jesus Christ, are these guys going to be just as loaded as Colorado on the back end with Zach Jones and Adam Fox and Miller back there. And Truba and yeah. Lindgren. I mean, 
Yeah, and you made yeah, a good, good point, Nick, the other night when you were like, can you imagine when Zach Jones is a part of this decor too? Yeah, I mean, like a Jones-Fox a power scary. play. Oh my God. And actually, when you said that, and it's funny, I, I'm ashamed to admit this on national radio, on live radio, not live, <laughs> but you get my point. Uh, I was thinking about like the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning are on their way to maybe winning a third straight cup. And like, we're about to turn into like what we always said, the NHL would never be when we shit on the NBA and shit like that. But I was thinking about that maybe a round ago. And I was like, you know, would it be so bad if the New York Rangers won the Stanley cup? Like it would be kind of cool or whatever. And then immediately that thought left my brain because I was like, yeah, actually it would be so bad, but here's why it would be so bad. I'm kind of worried that the Rangers are low key going to be a wagon for the next like five years. Like that would if, be the most they insufferable they are, dynasty. That would be so much worse than the Patriots. They are that team that we were saying Edmonton is not when we're yes. like, it's not even like you're like, Oh, but your future is bright. If the Rangers lose this series or lose in the cup final, all everyone's going to be saying, like the announcers are going to be like, but the Rangers will be back and they'll be mm-hmm. back soon. Like, like, mm-hmm. and they feel like they could easily make the cup final two of the next three years. And I would not be surprised. So fuck the Rangers as always. And I hope they lose. If the Rangers well win the Stanley cup, I will never ever oh, hear the end of it three for one boom line up right next to each other we're done i i, I can't have the Rangers win the cup i can't my can't brain can't that. take that yeah it, sorry, absolutely Anthony. not yeah. sorry sorry buddy i i think i would genuinely consider moving abroad just for like six months <laughs> oh my god yeah paris uh, sounded real nice right, right. now <laughs> Um, oh, I don't know about any Rangers over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nick, you kind of like, has anybody ever told you you might kind of have like a little Zibanejad in you? Like you kind of look like Zibanejad. I get that a I lot. That. Yeah. I um, I think the it's the hair. hair. Um, yeah. If his hair was like as long as mine is right now, it would be really. You, you would look exactly like him. Can we yeah. put this in a social media post and put them side by side? Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad you yeah, said that because I, I was that. hanging out with um, our buddy Pat over the weekend and he kept saying the same thing over and over again. I personally have another friend that I think it looks like you took Zabanajad and put him in a copy machine. So I'm going to oh, put man. that picture in here too. Harry, our buddy, uh, Jacob Morrison. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. If he had longer hair like you, I would say to yeah. a T. Like, if Jacob and I had a baby, it would be Mika Zabanajad. It would be. <laughs> All right. So, we take that quote, we put the clip in, and we insert the picture, and this is going to go perfectly. And then we'll have people vote what they think. There we go. Um, Nick is about to defy science. Literally. Yeah. Uh, game, <laughs> game three. All right. The Bolts win three to two. Uh, this game had four power play goals. Each team had two. The Rangers were up 2 nothing midway through the second, and then they took some stupid penalties, and the Bolts come climbing back, tie it 2-2, and then Andre Palat, Mr. Big Goal himself, scores a huge goal at the end of regulation in the third period with about 40 seconds left to win the game for Tampa off an incredible feed from Nikita Kucherov. Palat is fun to watch. I've always enjoyed him as a player on the Lightning. He just – he gets so excited. Like I love seeing he's a gamer. him score big goals and he's just got the wide open mouth and just like so animated. It just it's he's good for the game. I'm a fan of Andre. He reminds me of a rich man's version of Lars Eller a little bit. Similar, Honestly, yeah. that's a good one. 
Yeah, like a better Lars Eller. That's a that's a great yeah. analogy. Like a Lars Eller plus or heavy yeah. Yeah. or something yeah. like that. Um, I, he's always, that. I, I don't know. I just I thought I've thought of that for a couple of times now. But that game like and that goal, and I've said this over and over again for the last three years on this podcast, to win the Stanley Cup, you have to win games you're not supposed to win. That was one of them for the Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning. The Rangers had yeah. that game, two power play goals. They're up two nothing, period to go. They let the lightning back into it. And they think they're cruising to overtime and they commit that cardinal sin of letting one in in the last minute. That's a great, great point. Uh, worth noting for player prop purposes, Mika and Adam Fox are both riding eight game point streaks going into game four. We got game four starting in about one minute as we're saying this. Predictions, what do you got? I, I hate, to, uh, hate to go against your pick, but I actually think the bolt's tied up. I'm all in on Tampa because I just looked over and the anthem singer has electric blue lipstick. So I'm like, she yep. always, she always yeah. has that. Um, We're riding with that. What I will say is we haven't had a game yet. Like the, the Rangers have had their way in all three of these games so far. For some reason, I think tonight's the night that Tampa wins and it's like not close. It's like four to one or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a fit public, and uh, I'm going to take the Rangers plus 150 because everybody and their mother thinks that Tampa's coming back and they're going to whip it like 4-1 and we're going to go back to MSG tied up. I don't think so. I think New York's going to shove it right up everybody's hoop, and I think we're going to end up being like, God damn it, we're going to have the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final, and we're going to have to deal with the possibility of that fan base exploding and having fun and shoving it in all of our faces. And My life is pain. Pain follows me, so I'm taking the Rangers because I suck. Sorry. I'm going to say something that's kind of dark. This is so going to blow up in my face, and I'm going to sound like an idiot in a week, but I always do, so what else is new? Um, I fully expect that if the Rangers win tonight and they go up 3-1, I would consider still putting money on Tampa Bay to win that series. I'm like, if there's a series that's going to be blown 3-1 out of these teams left, it will be this one. Mark my words. I like that. It's the only series left. So that's a good, good thought. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> or this or the cup final. Like, regardless. oh, my bad. My yeah. bad. I thought oh, you so meant two. Okay. Yeah. 50 yeah. 50 once again. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> one of them has to hit. Exactly. Um, Somebody's uh, got to do it. What are the real... odds? Who knows? <laughs> I think 50 50. Right. Uh, that's enough. Um, let's run through the league news real quick. We'll, we'll do this quickly. Um, Nazem Kadri possibly out for the remainder of the playoffs with a broken or thumb surgery, whatever. Uh, after Evander Kane boarded him. If Kadri you look at it, like uh, the left thumb goes directly in and takes like the brunt of the impact um, under yeah. the boards. It's just not good. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, as Mac noted in our interview with Melissa, Kadri did comment on the TSN report on Instagram and how he is likely done for the postseason. And he commented, yeah, we'll see. So got to love that hockey guy fashion. Uh, Darcy Kemper, not sure what's going on with him. He was the backup in game four. Francois has been playing well right now. So curious to see what the Avs do come game one of the finals. Um, we all know Evander King got suspended for a game and then the Oilers got bounced. Stay hot, Evander. Uh, and then some rumors. Or Mac, you got something? Well, I was just going to say one – Well. You know, you can do the rumors real quick, but I, the one thing I was going to say is this Bruce Cassidy firing has a lot of NHL fans up in arms right now. And I was, oh, I I was curious what you guys were thinking about that. I was really shocked by this one. Um, 
I was actually like, my dad and I were moving a TV back to the basement, put it down. And I look at my phone. I was like, oh shit, Bruce Cassidy got fired. He was like, really? We were both just surprised. I just classic guy shit. Just moving a TV into the yeah, basement, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And then just talking about like, hey, you see pretty young sports, retired? right? Yeah. Want to go cut the grass too? <laughs> yeah. This one, yeah, I, I apologize that I missed this. Our buddies, uh, Turk and Elio, had some extremely choice words about this decision, especially Turk. He was very hard on the Bruins about this. Um, but yeah, Cassidy gets canned. There's now only three active NHL coaches that have been employed for over four seasons. They would be John Cooper, Mike Sullivan, and Jared Bednar. So um it's a it's a rotation. two of the service. coaches that are still alive yeah uh, yeah in postseason yeah i real quick and then we'll move on i don't want to spend a ton of time on this but i was talking to my dad about this last night and uh we both kind of agreed like usually fans are the ones that are first calling for a guy's head right like you hear the fire so-and-so chants at the stand if it's really bad or you just hear the rumblings and it's on twitter people like Already for Laviolette, like already Caps fans are like, oh my God, get Lavi out of there. He sucks or whatever. Like usually it's the fucking fans first. It was the exact opposite. It seemed like for the Bruins with Cassidy, like they did this and all of the fans are like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that had some thump on that mic. Yeah, that way. was an accident. My <laughs> hand was, my hand was kind Holy of. Holy jumping. Oh uh, man, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss TNT's broadcast. Good job on year oh, one. Phenomenal. Okay. Can we talk? Can yeah. we talk about the hair? <laughs> this is yeah. the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen on television, and I can't get enough of it. Biz getting his head shaved. Was it before the game? Was it right before the game? It was before three, and then I think he had it on for four as well, right? Yeah, he's rocking it, and he got his head fucking shaved. He's in sitting Rogers' place. He's sitting next to the greatest hockey player in the world, looking just like I, I texted uh, Dean this. I was like, he looks like Artie Bucco from the <laughs> I was fucking say Sopranos. That, I do have been Nick that post that. You're so right. He looks exactly like Artie. Bucco. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I can't unsee it, dude. TNT's broadcast. Knocked it out of the park year one. Phenomenal job. I can't I can't give them enough praise. They put hockey, they made hockey fun again. Them like and their um their basketball coverage with like Chuck and Kenny and Ernie oh, and yeah. Shaq is pretty good too. They they basically took that TNT basketball broadcast and said, How do we replicate this with hockey? Which is exactly what the NHL needed. We don't need the boring Chelios and Messier who have so much Botox in their face they can't even <laughs> fucking move. And they're like, Art Doctor. Oh, Chelly's all natural, baby. Come oh, on. My. That I'm olive like, skin. Oh, yeah. Listen, I like I like them as like guys, but like as reporters, like it's a snooze fest. I'm sorry. Yeah. Big Even fan of uh, Liam McHugh on the TNT broadcast. Yeah. I was like, I had kind of yeah. mixed feelings early on at NBC. He but can like, do it all too. He, yeah. he any sport. Like he, he knows his shit. He's just good at what he does. You talk about a hard job. Like people might not think this. That's a hard job to kind of manage. Put biz next to anybody. That's hard to manage enough. And then you throw Wayne Gretzky in the mix and you got to balance. Yeah. How do you not like aura? throw up just like being next to him? Yeah, and then like you got you got Tockett who's Tampa's funny, up and then you zip. got nice wow. Then you got nice guy Anson yep. Carter on and they did a great job. Um, anyways, rumors Flurry's not coming back to the pens, done. Gino and Tanger, they might re-sign with the pens. It's more than likely is what we're reading, potentially. Uh caps, if you had to choose between VV or Sammy, one or the other or none, real quick. Zach Fukali. 
Yeah, I would agree. However, I hint, hint. This is tough. My my thing is, I think one of these dudes, Fook, or I, you know, obviously, I would want it to be Fuchs. But if it can't be, if it has to be Vanacek or Sammy, I think one of them should be the backup, and we should go and get an actual like starter. But the stra- the problem is the strategy would be way different because if Sammy's your backup, you want some guy who's like kind of on his way out, an older guy, kind of like what they wanted to do with Lundquist, who's going to like mentor Sammy, be there for like a year or two, and then dip and turn it over to Sammy. Whereas with Vancheck, you just have like a 1A and like a 2B. Like it's just, just starter and Eddie. backup. Yeah, and like occasionally Vancheck will have to jump in, but you have no like sights set on Vancheck being your starter. He's just kind of there. Honestly, I'd rather that option because I think we could get a whole hell of a lot more for Samsonov and I'm just, I'm ready to move on from him. So the only way I would want Sammy to stay is if we like overhaul our goalie coaching, like get a new goalie coach. Clearly it's not working with him. So. Yeah. And then uh, the Sabres are expected to make a run at Jack Campbell's. So stay hot Leafs. All right. I love that for Buffalo. Same. I want the very low risk, high reward. I want them to be good so bad. It would be also, so fun. If they stole Jack Campbell from Toronto and then found a way to get into the playoffs and upset Toronto in the first round. Oh my God. Could dude, you that's imagine? Not gonna ha- that's <laughs> not going to happen. It, the Sabres make what's, the What's going to happen first? Are the Leafs going to win a cup first or are the Sabres going to get back to the playoffs first? You know, that's a really fair point. I guess I should shut up because you're probably right. <laughs> Matthews will be gone by the time that the Sabres make the playoffs and the Leafs still won't have a cup. So yeah, And then his right. son will win a cup for the Sabres. Yep. There you go. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up episode 129. We will be back at you guys with our Stanley Cup final preview once all the series are over. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Appreciate the love and support. Thank you, Melissa, for joining us. Any final words? Go Avs. Hope they win the cup. Well said. Amen. And without further ado. Class dismissed.